What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the, the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just 
hit like, follow, subscribe wherever you are listening from. The podcast is available on Spotify now, and I've also been dropping some monthly playlists there every first of the month. So that October one is there now, trying to keep those pretty spread out genre-wise. I'll put the link in the episode notes for those, as well as the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts that are available Hope everybody is doing well out there. I just got back from my first ever Tree Fort Music Festival in Boise, Idaho. I was out there from Wednesday to Sunday of last week and had an amazing time. I've been hearing about this music festival for the last five or six years now, and it lived up and exceeded all of the hype. Just an amazing four days out there I saw so much killer music and the way that the city of Boise seems to support that festival was really cool just seeing all the businesses around the festival kind of decked out in tree fort gear on the windows and whatnot and can't say enough good things about the organization of this thing so shout out to all the organizers of the festival as well as all of the other volunteers for cultivating just such a kind environment and also one that felt very safe COVID wise. I felt reassured knowing that everyone that was led into the gates or into the venues had been vaccinated or had had a negative COVID test. And I'd say 95% of people were really good about wearing their masks at all possible times. So thank you to tree Fort for having me out. I'm stoked to share these episodes I recorded out there and This is the first of those that will roll out over the next two months or so. I had the opportunity to talk with singer-songwriter Joe Capolo. This dude's songwriting hits me in all the right places and gives me feels of some of my favorite songwriters like Shaky Graves, Raylan Baxter, Noah Gunderson, all the goods. And his most recent record, Sending Money and Stems, is out on Fluff and Gravy Records, which is a killer local Portland, Oregon label. Didn't know that when I chatted with Joe, so I was really stoked to learn that. I had John Shepsky, the founder of the label, on the podcast a few years back and really enjoyed that chat with John and continue to appreciate the roster Fluff and Gravy builds. So if you dig this, definitely check out more of what Fluff and Gravy has going on. The recent Margot Sickler record is really great. Highly recommend that one. And uh, stoked to share this chat with Joe Capolo. Joe was my last podcast that I recorded as a part of the series of episodes I recorded out there at Tree Fort. Got six of them done and uh, just really appreciated Joe giving me some of his time he totally could have uh, blown this conversation off just because he had quite a travel day and he pretty much came straight from the airport arrived at tree fort and did this podcast with me so it was just really cool to get to chat with him and can't say enough good things about both of his records that are out i just bought myself one of those exclusive orange vinyl copies of sending money and stems so i'm stoked for for that to come and also called joe's first album time spent in time at least twice instead of time spent in between so my apologies for that joe but overall amazing time at tree fort 
I'm extremely exhausted and looking forward to taking a few days off and unplugging from my phone for a few days, heading out to the beach, gonna just just pull the plug on the thing and drain myself of any social media madness and and try to uh try to relax for a few days and actually not do anything so stay tuned for more episodes of the podcast recorded at tree fort and not at tree fort big shout out to my buddy bert came out to help me document the trip so there'll be some video and and photos to come from tree fort as well if you are new to the programming here Every other Wednesday, I'm dropping episodes of I Dig Records, and earlier this week, I dropped volume 26, which was co-hosted by my friend Andrew Harrison, and we gushed about Pine Grove's 2016 album called Cardinal, so that is now available. The previous volume was a chat about face-to-face with my buddy Daniel G. Harmon, and uh, yeah, every other Wednesday... I dig records. Those are coming out. And every Friday, more of this conversations with artists, musicians, and and folks of that nature from all genres of music. And before we get into my conversation with Joe Capolo, I want to tell you about some of his upcoming Portland, Oregon dates, as well as other Pacific Northwest dates on October 22nd. Joe will be at the Alberta Street Pub, one of my favorite Portland venues. And then the following night, the 23rd, he will be up at the Crocodile in Seattle, Washington. And then he's doing the Southwester thing up in Seaview, Washington, which has become this very uh, legendary thing that has popped up. Definitely check out the the Southwester stuff they've got going on. And he's got... A lot of other dates coming at you as well. Torch Club in Sacramento on October 28th. So I'll put the links for Joe in the episode notes so you can keep up with what he's got going on tour-wise. Or if you want to pick up some merch, I also know he is playing the Fluff and Gravy anniversary party in November as well. So stay tuned for more on Joe. And also, if you are a Portland, Oregon local... I want to tell you about some calendar dates going on at Produce Row. Free music going on every Wednesday night there and every Sunday afternoon. This coming Wednesday, JC Proof will be there playing the Jazz Jams. That's always a really great set. And October 13th, former guest of the podcast, Sam Densmore will be there. My guest from the previous episode of I Dig Records, Andrew Harrison, will be there on October 27th. Halloween, October 31st, Karen Ann will be uh, playing the killer jams there. So if you're looking for a place to see some free music and grab some grab some food and some cocktails, come through Produce Row all ages so you can bring, bring the kids out as well. All right, that is enough ramblings about all the things, and we are going to get into this thing. Episode 275. Coming at you, Joe Capolo out of Santa Cruz, California, is on the podcast, and we're going to kick it off with a track from the Sending Money and Stems album. This one is called How Old Is My Soul? Let's do the damn thing. I was thinking a lot about you, thinking a lot about everybody, too. 
because of the the tree fort music festival and amongst the the stuff was that was here 
your your tunes really stuck out to me and and uh yeah they just resonate super heavy and it seems to evoke an emotion within me that's like often overwhelming and feels pretty pretty undeniable so uh thank you for saying that yeah just really love the the tunes man thanks yeah i'm here for it cool (laughs) awesome um yeah i just appreciate your your songwriting overall but it feels like there's a lot of a lot of patience involved with the records as far as not making sure. uh, super quick songs necessarily happen sure. and give them time to, yeah. to subtly develop and whatnot. Yeah. So, Especially in the recording process. Both the records that I have released so far have been home recorded, so there's no time crunch. And so you can really dive in and just try out every idea trial and error and kind of get it exactly how you want it you know yeah even with like the delivery of the song like vocally or whatever you can try out different things and try and find the 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 delivery or like the space the emotional space that best translates for sure to the audio is that your move sometimes then since you do have your you have all that time and kind of access to it whenever you want. Will you just be like, you know, I, I think I'm going to do this this vocal take one more time. I, f- I feel like maybe I could deliver it yeah, differently today. Absolutely. I mean, when you get it right, you know. But if you don't get it right, you also know. But then the question is like, why? And then that's where like the trial and error comes in. Like, is it too fast? Is it too slow? Am I singing it too loudly? Am I singing it too quietly? Am I, you know, singing it to somebody that's like five feet in front of me? Or am I singing it to somebody who's 50 feet from me or right in front of my face or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, But when you get it right, you know, and then you move on. Some things I never got right. But... You know, I was just over it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you develop uh, the knack for doing some recording just kind of out of necessity or do you really enjoy that aspect of things and, and kind of having complete control over that and not having to have somebody else around to to help you record things? I I wouldn't say it was out of necessity like. I guess I could have paid for studio time if I want. And in fact, I've probably spent more money on gear than I would have ever spent on studio time at this point. But um, I was really taken by a lot of the home recorded albums of the like early mid 2000s, like um bony vares for emma forever ago and like shaky graves roll the bones yeah. i just really loved that sound also like old pavement records and like daniel johnston and stuff there's a lot of like home recorded bruce springsteen's nebraska i just like l- really liked that sound and also mixed with like i i recorded an ep right when i started doing music like as a career and a life passion and it i i paid for studio time one day just rushed in rushed out and and i wasn't happy with what i got and you know it was done like before i even knew it and so those two things put together made me think um maybe there's like another way yeah 
to do it. And now I've kind of come full circle. Like we just were kind of up around here. We were in Enterprise, Oregon, my band and me, like three weeks ago recording a record um, at the OK Theater. And we did it all live and in like five days um, trying out like the other way to make a record because once you kind of like what I feel like you I can only speak for me but I feel like it's worked for me to spend time doing it yourself so you can really get comfortable recording and like the approaches to it and the mindset needed for it whatever and then you can go into a studio and really know how to dig in and like make the best use of your time because yeah. you're experienced with it and then that's a different sounding record i mean like like the new big thief records that are coming out that are all like very raw and very live are never going to sound like shaky graves roll the bones where he like recorded everything over top of one another and they're both cool but they're different yeah and can never be a bad thing to just like inform your knowledge of those things when you're walking into those types of sessions so you can get what you want out of the thing and yeah. you do know how to uh, even verbally communicate what you want or need to an engineer or producer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Though they still <laughs> they still might not roll the tape on the best tape, but <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. True story. Talk to me how, how you got a uh, started playing music joe where are you from originally i was born and raised in cream ridge new jersey it's like horse horse country both my parents were in the horse industry my mom was a trainer my dad was a veterinarian um but my mom's side of the family all play music like her oldest brother joe was like a an amateur concert pianist um her my mom plays guitar like folk folk songs her younger brother jim and her younger brother jack were like in bands all the time my uncle my uncle jim was like one of those dudes that like almost made it in like the kind of like country rock thing coming out of nashville in like the early 90s like his band like almost had a record deal but they didn't anyway um, so I just grew up around it. Everybody was always playing and I don't really remember why I wanted to start playing guitar, but I did. I mean, I don't even remember it. My mom has pictures of me like holding up my uncle's guitars when I was in diapers and I don't even remember it. And I don't even really remember like liking guitar until I was maybe 12 or 13. I, I like I wasn't one of those people that started playing when I was like five or whatever but for some reason I just liked it and then I my mom gave me lessons first and then my uncle gave me lessons and then I took lessons and then started playing with friends and just kind of grew started writing songs and yeah and I kind of I'm lucky in that and musicians in general, like everybody here at Tree Ford, I feel like kind of maybe in the same boat, lucky that we know what we want to do. You know, I know a lot of my friends who are still, they don't really know what they want to do. They're in a job they don't like or they're not really like working at anything and just like 
which is fine too, but it's just nice. It's like one less thing to worry about. What yeah. am I going to do? For sure, yeah. man. I remember talking to, I was talking to Noah Gunderson one time and he was talking about kind of that same thing of like how special it is when you realize what you want to do and you're actually doing that. And just that not everybody gets to necessarily experience that. No, no. I know you take it for granted because it's just like my life. But yeah. 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 I wonder how I would feel if I like didn't have this like purpose or whatever. Even, I mean, yeah, even coming out here to record a bunch of interviews and whatnot, I've just been thinking about it on this trip. Like, I can't believe this is what I, this is what I'm doing with my, my, my week, my work yeah, week is yeah, this, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know how lucky doing something that yeah. I don't want to be doing. And it doesn't mean that there's not work involved. Oh yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work involved. Sometimes but. the work, sometimes the stress from that work is like even worse because uh, you really care about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't just be like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Right, you know? right. Because <laughs> it's like a representation <laughs> yeah. of, of you. It's an you're extension not just like, of you and you're like identity. Yeah. Yeah. So you gravitated towards playing your own tunes pretty quickly opposed to just screwing around on the guitar or playing with as maybe just a guitar player in people's bands. Um, I definitely started out wanting to be a guitar player and I always kind of wrote songs, but I didn't really take it seriously until I moved to California and started like hanging out with the local music scenes and realizing that, um, you know, the only way to have a successful career in music was to like write music you know what i mean or or just be around like you could play you could not write but like play a band like just not be in a cover band like you can't be in a cover band if you want to like be if you really want to take the ride all the way you've got to be a you need to be involved in an original music project so that's when i started like really digging in and like writing yeah do you feel like you made like some sort of conscious decision to really pursue this rather well, than it just happening or i definitely i definitely made a conscious decision to pursue it i'm also kind of struggling with myself this conscious decision to it's like you're juggling a bunch of different balls and i i do kind of feel although some people might not agree that the most important thing is the song is songwriting. That's like the most important thing. And I would love to be an in like, um, an incredible, um, noteworthy, influential guitarist, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix or Jerry Garcia, Frank Zappa, whatever. But like, I don't have enough time to work on that and work on like the songwriting and the recording. I kind of had to like choose what I felt to be the most important thing to invest my time with, which is the songwriting and recording. And also <laughs> in this day and age, like, like running the, the business and management of of a band you know what i mean i mean back in the day it's like you didn't have to do that but you know today it's like you're you kind of run your own um you kind of run your own business yourself you know and i mean i guess until you get to a certain level but but i still struggle with that yeah i still would like to be like a great great guitar player but maybe 
I'll have more time to work on that. Yeah. Have you always found yourself pretty drawn into the singer songwriter vibe of things then as far as being someone that, that just like loves songs and feels like that's where it's at for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. Although another thing that I'm, I'm, that I've grown into thinking is that, um, the song is very important, but also, I guess what I mean to say is like the, uh, the, the, the musical, the original musical statement and the song itself being part of it, like the lyrics and the melody, but also like, this is going to sound very, whatever, the vibe you know, vibe, vibe counts, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, there's a lot of artists that if you take their song for like the lyrical and the melodic content, it's great, but like the vibe just maybe isn't quite like doing it justice. And there's a lot of artists that like their vibe is so great and like maybe the songs or whatever, but like people love it cause vibe, yeah. vibe counts. So like also like working on songwriting and working on like the curation of a of a vibe that like you that you you feel is like um a true expression of yourself and that serves the song and that is pleasing to the ear. Yeah. Kind of the the feel over everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, know? feel feel is very important when, as well. Yeah, when that exists, it's uh I feel like that's where the undeniable thing kind of comes in and and yeah man just going have it all going through these these two records that you have out just that's that's what i get out of the front to back with with each tune Thanks. you know just like thinking about i said i was going and i went is just one of those oh, songs yeah. that uh just grabs a hold and you know has a, a heavy weight to it and just your your delivery and turns of phrases with things are, yeah. are really rad it's it's very cool to find out that that stuff is all home recorded too. I think that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. really impressive to me just because even listening to the records and thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, I, f I feel like that that whole record has this, uh, this real timeless feel to a lot of it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just the, the sounds you got out of it. Um, do you attribute that to anything in particular or, um, well, it was definitely, it, it definitely was entering into new space. It's almost like traveling or something. It's like you're the first time you go to a place, you're always going to have a much more like present, like just strong stronger connection to it because it's new and you you know and you can revisit it but you can never quite capture that same feeling and I guess that's just like first record syndrome you know what I mean and I, and I guess I'm happy that like I think that that record turned out really well because that was like my first dive into like I'm going to make a record and like I can do anything you know I've got my tape recorder I've got like my mind I've got like my friends to help me and play on it and like give give um you know direction and like recommendations and ideas and I can do anything and that was the first time I did that and um it just really pulled me in and you know and and so 
yeah, I think that's why maybe, you know, if um, just that new energy really pulled the ideas out of me. I said I was going and I went The scariest thing that I've done yet And after all, ain't it just about that I said I was going and I went The world's an empty house With all of the lights on and no one around So you go through the fridge and you sleep on the couch Leave the door open on your way out But I'm not afraid to bleed A trail of red like wake behind me And it mixes with sand, with oceans and land Yeah, I'm part of everything When I came to the end of the road There was no fanfare blowing me home I crept in the night like a runaway child at the door Let me Have you always been pretty comfortable with, with sharing your, your thoughts and expressing yourself through your tunes and you know sharing those ideas with the world and kind of your perspective and what you're going through yeah yeah i do i i try and practice it a lot in my everyday life as well about just being honest and um because it's practice for writing you know you really have to like dig deep into yourself to pull out like your you know your your songs so i try and do that with whoever i can whenever i can sometimes it's a little weird when i'm like telling somebody i just met on the bus about my sex life or something but <laughs> you know um yeah i tried you know yeah i try try and be honest when i'm when i'm writing the songs and um and then and then and then you know like the creative process for me is is like exactly that it's like the first part is just like the um expulsion of of my feelings and you know what what's coming out and then I like take a step back and then look at this thing and then you know kind of try and whittle it down into um a good song you know sometimes there's too much you know or too little or whatever it just needs to be rearranged when you get into a track like Allison which was my introduction 
oh, to yeah. your to your music and and that <laughs> that time. I got a funny story about that. Time spent in time was just kind of my my overall introduction. But Allison was the the first track I heard, which yeah. I, I thought was just a killer way to to be the entry point into what you did. That was an, it was very easy for me to be like, yeah, I want to I want to check out the rest of the music. Nice. You know? Is it is it something when you're writing a tune like that that even as it's developing, you recognize there's something special there, or is it kind of more after you've removed yourself from it and it's more done? No, no, that was a song that like it came out all at once very easily, and that usually means that it's that it's uh, one of your better pieces of work. If you know, not always, but sometimes, I mean, generally. Um, but that song still took a lot of work. There's a funny story. We were like trying to figure out the drum beat of Allison. So I used to live in this house in Santa Cruz called the church house. It was like a converted church and our, my buddy Alex Bice was playing drums on it. Um, and my friend Mikey also played drums and I had an idea for how it should go. And Mikey had an idea for how it should go. And my friend Elliot, who plays bass in my band, was like kind of like helping co-produce it with me. So he came over and we had some other friends over. So it really just ended up being like Alex on this, like on the drum kit at the church, like playing a beat and then just like eight people just yelling their ideas at him like simultaneously. <laughs> and he's such a great drummer. He was like, like you could see like the cogs turning and he's like adjusting as like people are like, like eighth notes. No, like swing it. Like, Oh, like do like, you know, syncopate the kick a little bit more, like accent the, the off beats on the hi hat and just like, and then like, <laughs> He and then he came up with the drum beat and then everybody like looked around and like kind of like arms crossed like nodding like yeah it sounds pretty good and yeah. then so you know what I mean like it like the song itself kind of like happened that <laughs> that way but the like arrangement of it um you know took took a little bit of teamwork it's a killer man it's a beautiful song Allison you got me running circles again I try to bring you back to earth again, my friend I call you up on the telephone Trying to break up these lonely days on the road Talk, talking, future near Comes time to throw it down here in the atmosphere Allison, you got me running circles
it's funny not to like it, it might sound like I'm bragging but I'm not it's just that, that it's a funny story it, um, and not even that this is like that you know compared to other people but anyway Allison just like hit a million streams on Spotify I saw that and my, my friend Lucas who who mixed the record I wasn't gonna say anything about it because I felt it was like a little just I don't know it's not my style to like post about things like that but Lucas mentioned it in like a Instagram story like oh like congrats you know so I reposted it and the like the Allison that I wrote the song about um, commented on my story just like lol she's <laughs> like you're welcome <laughs> and I was like yeah like haha thanks <laughs> and she was like I don't know what she said she said like hmm it's very interesting congratulations though or something and I was like what's interesting <laughs> that I wrote a really good song <laughs> that's that's very rad though dude just to like know that a million times people have played that song it and whether that's one cool. person or thousands yeah it is pretty cool I never thought that it would happen um but isn't that just like life you know what I mean like three years ago you're like like oh this like this seems like something that would never happen and and now that happened and I'm still just as like unsatisfied and just like you know like oh man I still just like I'm I have so far to go like so <laughs> much work to do like you know did you do a lot of solo touring before you made time spent in time I did I did um and I still do yeah I um well I mean I did like one I did one large cross-country trip. I wouldn't even say that it's a tour because it's not like how I, you know, how people usually do tours or how I do tours now. I would like go to a city for like a week to like a month and just like get gigs and like meet people and just like kind of try and make money, make enough money to get to like the next town. More like van life tour, but yeah. like with music. But then after that, yeah, I did like some tours, West Coast mostly, some East Coast too. Um, and then I recorded the record and then I kind of chilled on it. Um, and now I'm getting back into touring um, now that I have like people to help me um, like plan it and do it in a in a logical, like more effective way. Yeah. Because um, that's important. And yeah, I mean, I try and bring the band out as much as possible because it's more fun. And also, I think there's, like, more opportunity for it. And it's, uh, y you know, it may be, like, a bigger draw or something, the band. But, um, but you know, it's all about the money. You know what I mean? Like, whether – if if we can go on tour and everybody can make money, then, like, it's good. But if, you know, we're going on tour and, like, th there's no way, like, to make money on it, then I can't like in good conscience bring my friends along who c could be like at home working, you know, and I, then I just do the tour solo. Yeah. And you can usually, you know, make money that way because the overhead is super low. Do you think doing all that, that solo touring before making the first record really helped you kind of cut your teeth and kind of develop you as yeah. who you wanted to be as a musician yeah. before you kind of made that yeah. record and 
introduced yourself into the world that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a great, it was like two months, I think. Um, I went out to the East Coast up and back around. And um, it was like one of the most creative, um, just fun periods of my life. I was like working with the artist way, the book, you know, on like uh, on, on creative like unblocking your creativity and being like a, a like a flowing channel of creativity and I was just like writing all these songs like l- like l- listening to a bunch of new music seeing a bunch of new cities playing around with like all these new influences because it was pretty much like you know I was kind of like set in my ways musically until I moved out to California and then it was just like a bunch of new things and it was like really inspiring and then like a year later like I did this tour and so I had like all these new things all these new bands these new inspirations these new styles of music mixed with like this like self-help book of like being creative mixed with like driving around and seeing all these new beautiful cities and it just like yeah man I was like writing songs that's when I wrote like all the songs from time spent in between pretty much on that tour yeah it was it was really special I saw you uh had that quote in your bio from Jerry Lopez that surfer oh yeah just about uh the first 20 years is just seeing if you like it or not yeah yeah um what do you what do you appreciate about that because I've always had a um an interest and like a desire for mastery you know what I mean and like of course like I you know as a musician or as a surfer or as anything I guess you look up to like the like the masters of what they do of that you know what I mean like I don't know you know John Lennon Paul Simon Joni Mitchell like Frank Zappa like whoever these people and it's just like to get to like a really high level of excellence in something it takes a long time and a lot of commitment and it it really it really does feel that way it's like it it takes I mean 20 years might be a bit of like an exaggeration but it definitely takes at least like seven or eight years doing something before you really can tell like am I going to do this for the rest of my life or am I not you know um, it takes maybe like, it's like the 10,000 hours or something like right, it, right. like before it like really permeates into like your bones and like your being and it becomes like second nature breathing. I mean, like that's when really, that's just when something is, well, I mean, I guess it could also be really beautiful to see something that's like super new and fresh, but I always found a lot of appreciation. It's really beautiful to watch somebody do something where it's just like, second nature it's like they're not even trying and it's just it's just like what they do and that either happens you know out of just some freak like type of gift or just through yeah like at least at least 10 years of doing it you know you can always feel that in a live show too the presence on stage of somebody like that that just has you can just tell that they're in control of the the show yeah you're just like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guide this thing yeah yeah because they've because they've done it so many times that they they just know what to do and it's a beautiful thing to watch i i want to like do that one day you know being a a california person for some time do you feel like the ocean really influences your your sound at this point or your just overall environment not really it doesn't 
I mean, I love the ocean. Like I, I surf a lot as often as I can, you know, I try and go every day, but you know, a lot of music happens. There's no waves in Boise right now, but, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But th- it's all good. But like, um, no, not really. I, I don't really write like surf music or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I kind of try and keep it separate. Um, maybe one day, but no, I never really felt the the desire to like get, um, you know, like cool beachy surfy vibes into my music, maybe a touch, but like not, you know. Yeah. Sharks fun off the new record has, has the ocean mm-hmm. reference, but, mm-hmm. uh, obviously does not have, name. it also, you know, it doesn't have like you're talking about, it doesn't have some surf rock feel to it, but I know it's more like kind of like Wilco-y like country rock or dude, something. Yeah. The bridge on that one is killer though. And the, the distorted vocals with the oh, organ freaking dude, out yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was proud of that tube overdrive on a, on a preamp pushing the gain super high. happens uh in between making the the first record and then making sending money in steps as far as maybe some sort of shift because it feels like it gets into a little more psychedelic and dreamy at times and is exploring some different sounds which i could really understand why you want to have the full band out now with some of these new tunes yeah yeah i mean yeah the it's um well i guess it was just wanting to challenge myself to cover new ground and also kind of fill in the holes of like what I felt like I had missed on the first record like the first record was very like introverted and it was kind of dark a little slow um it was like tempo wise um it was also you know, yeah, like kind of based around and I mean, literally, like I recorded the acoustic guitar and vocal performances first. And then if there were drums, they got like overdubbed on top of that. I mean, it was very like the solo performance centric. And so I was like, OK, well, like the now the next record I want to make, I want to make I want to fill in those holes. I want it to make it a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more focused on like rhythm section like hot like hi-fi you know like the first record is like yeah. cassette deck record and then the second record was like you know uh apollo interface into a computer you know um and yeah and i so i guess that's what that was and then even going further the record that we're working on now is even more in that direction it's like not only is it it's like a, a band recording live because Sending Money and Stems was still, like, kind of pieced together, you know what I mean? Like, we would maybe record, like, the most live it would get would be, like, to record the drums, bass, guitar together, and then, like, overdub the vocals and overdub the harmonies and overdub the the overdubs, like, the bells and whistles and stuff. But this next record is, like, kind of pretty much just all 
just what what happened in the room is what's going to be on the record yeah man just love on sending money in uh and stems that's uh there's just all this cool feel in, in production that uh seems like it was present that wasn't in the the prior record and it yeah. just kind of like really kicks off from the beginning with that 5 a.m track and it still has the familiar feels of your guitar playing, yeah. which is rad. You yeah. can kind of identify that, I feel like, between the two records. But, yeah, it just also feels like you're digging into some different vibes. And, it, you know, the, the drums have that drum machine effect on, on some of it. Yeah, that yeah, gives yeah. it that, yeah. that different feel, which is yeah. really fucking cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, 5AM is one of those songs where, like, yeah, I don't really feel like I ever ever really got it like how I, I like hear it in my head I kind of I feel personally like I fell short but you know there was just time to move on and it was good enough and sometimes that's just what it, what it is yeah man it's so it's so good I I love your lyrics too and that that one has one of my favorite lines which is the lost is a bird who thought the city lights were the sun oh yeah I like that one, one too I was I was at my um, my ex-girlfriend Julia's house and I was like working on that I was working on that song and I knew that I needed like a line you know what I mean I knew that like this was like the, the time in like the kind of balance storyline of the song where like it needed a it needed like um, a crux line or something like that and I was like i don't know i just remember like in my boxers like doing a bunch of jumping jacks in the doorstep and then like running around the block and then like in my boxers and then coming back and being like i got it i don't know it's weird <laughs> take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by north 45 pub located in the alphabet district of northwest portland they've got a killer selection of belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles mussels and fritz are on the menu their cheeseburger is lights out and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Let's get back to the episode. Have you always been drawn to music that has a lot of great vocal harmonies because that seems to be pretty present in your stuff too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I honestly also think that, I mean, while it's not always the call, I I am a strong believer that um, like vocal harmony is one of the most powerful 
things that can happen in music to like draw in um the human spirit you know i mean like it just sounds i mean at least yeah. for me and for other people too and like hearing good harmony is just like you it's just like a like a moth to a flame like a, a person is just going to be like wow like good rhythm and like good harmony i think like taps into the 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 most like prehistoric parts of our like psyche or something the most like deep down foundational parts of our psyche yeah there's a special thing of the the communal feel too of yeah all these people singing yeah. at once in yeah. in harmony is, yeah is just like beautiful in itself it's so good yeah my my friend mikey who um was in my band for a while before he started his own project and um he sang some and played some drums on sending money and stems calls it harmajan <laughs> you gotta sprinkle some harmajan oh, yeah. on it that's amazing yeah that's uh, that's so good um Little Sleep is one of my favorite jams on the new record, and yeah. that is a song that, um, to me, has that undeniable feel and, and groove and just can't really be fucked with. Like, I've listened yeah, to that song on repeat, dude, and yeah. I just can't get enough of it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, that's, yeah, that's another song that has lyrics that i really dig it's the life's about the looking baby not the showing yeah 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 it's very killer yeah thank you yeah that's one of those songs that's that's definitely a little more up upbeat vibe. and, and vibe, yeah for sure. it's got a heavy feel to it opposed yeah. to something on the on the first record as yeah. well yeah. yeah 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 i mean i was i was happy to like kind of be going for that and do like for myself a good job at at, at capturing it. someone that like gravitates towards playing their guitar every day or most most days i mean dude i wish not anymore there was a time yeah i mean yeah like a a time when i did but now it's well like life's a bit more complicated and i don't have as much time but i'm also really grateful and um to just like be like having to play my guitar like almost every day anyway, whether it be for like a band practice or like a show or something. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't like just sit on my porch and just pick tunes for myself as much as I once did or would like to, you know? Yeah. But, um, but it comes in waves for sure. Who's the, uh, person you feel like who's had the biggest impact on you as a musician or just kind of how you operate in life and maybe just inform the way that you make music jerry garcia man 
Yeah? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I, I, I really um, respect and just something about it really uh, resonates with me and that, like, that's how I want to be, not, like, the heroin or the candy or, you know, any of that. Um, like the, the workaholicness of it, like just talk about a dude who was just like always doing something, whether it was for his, whether it was for like the Grateful Dead or whether it was for like the, the bluegrass band that he like got back into doing or whether it was like doing like video animation or like drawing pictures or just like whatever. He was just like always, always being creative. And that's like, I mean, I'm far from that, but like, that's how I want to be. Just like the type of person that just is always creating and just working prolific. Um, and, and also with like a hand in a bunch of different things, like not a, not a one trick pony, you know, like somebody who can like paint, write songs, play electric guitar, play banjo, like play pedal steel play you know whatever you know i um i really respect that yeah i'd imagine challenging yourself to learn new instruments too is just like such a great writing tool and production tool for the future too if you're always increasing the amount of things that you can play and kick songs off from different places and yeah absolutely it it um yeah it it gives you a new a new view into like the, it gives you a new door into like the song room, you know, whether you're coming at it from like drums or guitar. Yeah. Right on dude. Well, I really appreciate your tunes. Definitely one of the people I'm most stoked that I've discovered this year as far as music. Yeah. I think your tunes are just so good, man. The, People should definitely check out it, both these records that you have out. It feels good to hear you say that because I was just up in the artist loft with like fucking like 150 <laughs> musicians and bands. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, like what, like what am I doing here? Like all these people. Yeah, man, your, your song, your songs like definitely uh, spoke loudly to me for something I've never seen live before and just, you know, throwing on the tunes. I was like, oh, this, this is it. Thank you. Well, uh, my initial plan was to play the episode out with Allison because that was just like oh this is one of the best songs I've heard of the year but then I got into listening to the new record and I decided that I just really wanted to play it out with Roses because I just love that track and I feel like there's a lot it feels like there's a lot of relief in that track to me, man. Like when I'm listening to that song, I feel like everything is going to be okay somehow. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, man. Yeah, it kind of has that like last song on the record thing going on where like not many people get to it, especially in like this kind of like stream-based playlist, single-based culture that we live in. Like last songs on the record like yeah. might not be heard as often. But yeah, like I, I, I was really happy with the way that the song before like the medley of the song before it and that one like went i felt like it was a good like it felt really honest writing it it was fun recording it i had great like my friends um catherine and sakari like sing on it 
and I had never done like kind of like female vocal like exploration in any recording before like in on the first record there's no female vocals on it you know so yeah I'm happy that you like that one because that was one that I was very proud of it's funny what we do with things that grow yeah love that dude that's that's great yeah um yeah man i'll put all the links in the episode notes though so people can keep up with your tunes and throw you on their playlists and buy buy your records and i know you got the uh the pre-orders up for the the new album is, st- is still up right no are they're those, just they're, they're out, out they're out man, and about out. Just buy them. the vinyl's available the vinyl for, for available. both the records that are out and uh we end every episode with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is cool. it's it's a program so if we could get the joe capolo it's a program we can properly end this thing cool thanks dan it's a program he nailed it everybody that's joe capolo yeah. check out his tunes and uh like i said all those links will be in the episode notes we're gonna play the episode out with roses off of that most recent joe capolo record called sending money and stems and that's the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side tree ford boise portland santa cruz wherever you're listening from you left your smell in my bed thoughts left in my head but i told you Big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. 
can't say thank you enough to DistroKid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that DistroKid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with DistroKid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in... uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to distro kid. Stay up, stay tuned.